You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of Backstage Talk. This is your host, Martina Cunha speaking, and today I have a really special guest. I met her back in January when I was in New York, and here with me is Jane Bruce. She is currently being uh, part of the ensemble of Jag a Little Pale. Yes, hello. So I am really excited about this interview um, because Jane was the biggest sweetheart ever when I met her uh, on the stage door uh, when the, the Jagged Little Pill performance ended. Uh, I remember she had this big, big smile on her face and that is how I remember her from that day. Um, so Jane, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I, um, I've lived in New York City for about seven years. And oh, maybe it's getting closer to eight. No, I think it's seven. I think I've been rounding up to seven for like <laughs> four months. Um, and uh, I went to the University of Michigan and then grew up in Ogden, Utah. So um, yeah just kind of always loved performing and kept pursuing it and finally got to make my Broadway debut this year in Jagged Little Pill. Congratulations for that. Thank you. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty exciting. I was really fortunate to be with the show since the out of town tryout in Cambridge. And um, yeah, it was kind of a wild ride because we did that show and then there weren't any theaters open for so long, mm -hmm. but it was kind of this waiting nebulous kind of time um i was really lucky that i got to do a couple other really awesome shows in between but um definitely worth the wait i'm so grateful that i got to make my debut with such a awesome show well first of all thank you for being here and congratulations on your broadway debut um i know it's like a really big step and it's really important uh, for us performers to finally get there um i want to know a little bit about how you started in theater. Yeah, I um, I was always definitely a very eccentric kind of zany child trying to perform, make people laugh, and like wearing crazy outfits. And um, in my when I was in fifth grade, uh, I 
we did like an opera. We like wrote an opera from like a fairy tale book or something with my music teacher, which I'm sure she wrote the opera and took, you know, the odd suggestion from us. Um, and I definitely wanted to be the lead. And the lead character was this like guy, just like this prince guy who like found this magical river or something. And I was like, oh, well, that's the biggest part. And so I should play it because I'm the best one. And my teacher had to explain to me, like, no, like, we're, we have to let the boys play boys. The girls can be girls. And I was so mad that I had to play, like, the river princess. That's, like, whatever. Um, <laughs> but I, I really loved it. And then I started auditioning for, you know, community theater, regional theater all over in my in my um, area, which there wasn't a ton. Um, I kept doing theater in high school. I was really lucky that my parents were really supportive. My mom sort of rebooted the whole theater program at my high school because it was non-existent and she was like well that just won't do because um, there were a lot of other kids my age who were wanting to do like these big amazing extravagant musicals that the other high schools were doing and so my mom just got some other moms together and they raised money and they brought in directors from the local university and choreographers and like she just made it happen um which is amazing and i also did speech and debate in high school Yep. I did an, an event called Dramatic Interpretation, where it's just like a big, like a 10-minute monologue. You can play like multiple characters, whatever. And I loved getting to do that. I think that really had a big impact on my, like, uh, the kind of artist I became. Because it was so, I just did it all myself. And I, I got, I, I learned to really love, like, creating a character and, like, creating a story and, like, physically becoming different characters and playing multiple characters and, um, yeah, yeah. I went to Broadway Theater Project when I was in high school, which is no longer in existence. I think most of the people who ran that now run a, a really amazing program called the Performing Arts Project. Um, but that was really life-changing. I got to go when I was in high school and meet people from all over the country. And, you know, there wasn't a lot of access in Utah, and my family's not Mormon. So we just, we were definitely like a little bit of kind of outsiders in a lot of yeah. ways. and. Um, yeah, I'm just so grateful that I had the experiences I did. Um, I, I don't think if I, if I hadn't gone to that theater camp, I wouldn't have known about like any of the universities that have all these amazing programs. I wouldn't have known to even like look into a school like University of Michigan. So yeah, but I definitely, once I decided I wanted to be a performer, that was it. Like no questioning, no doubts, which some of them, I wish I would have paid like a tiny bit more attention, like in an art history class or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> would have tried a little harder to retain some of the books I read, but you know, it's all good. So cool. Well, your, your story is amazing. Um, I, I guess all of us started in high school, but not a lot of people take the decision to be a performer for a living. Um, so yeah, it's hard, but well, the, the, the ones that really wanted are pursuing this. Um, so you went to the University of, Mich of Michigan for a BFA in musical theater. I did, I did. I, I really loved my time there. I think I feel very grateful that I was auditioning and doing all, I mean, I was auditioning for college and all of that. That was like 10 years ago for me. So I think it was before the whole college admission process for musical theater got quite so insane. Mm -hmm. um, and it's definitely still very insane. And looking back, like, I mean, I just had no idea what I was, I just was so 
like blindly confident. I think I also was lucky that it was before social media was such a huge deal. Like I wasn't, it's, it's funny because I feel like as I've gotten older, in some ways I've gotten less confident because it's so much easier to see everyone around you and compare yourself mm -hmm. to their journey. Everyone's journey is so much more out in the open now. You can know what everyone is doing at any given time. Um, and so I'm really grateful in some ways that like, I just was charging ahead with kind of the whole process of auditioning and I got, I got incredibly lucky and, um, and I, I really loved University of Michigan. I, I loved being in Ann Arbor and I, I just loved learning. You know, my biggest advice to anyone who wants to pursue this is like, you're never going to be the best at anything or the most beautiful or the most you know, the best at belting or ripping or dancing, you know, there's always going to be someone who has more quote-unquote talent. But if you love the process of learning, and not only learning the skills, but also, you know, theater is about human emotions. It's about connecting. It's about empathy. So in addition to just trying to work on your skills, you also have to, like, work on yourself as a person. You have to work on, like, reading the room. You have to work on knowing when it's appropriate to you know, speak or ask a question and when it's just actually better to listen to someone. Mm -hmm. And I think all of that, I, I feel really grateful that University of Michigan felt like I was able to just grow exponentially in every capacity. Um, I think that was so important. Um, yeah, I feel like I, really, I liked the adult that I became in my time there, you know on top of like the training, which I loved. I loved school. I loved my classmates. I loved all of it. I loved everything about it. Well, without a doubt, you've grown to become an amazing performer and amazing professional. Yeah, I need you to know that. Thank you. Thank you. Because uh, yeah. from my experience, uh, seeing you on stage was one of the most beautiful things I've seen in theater in the last easily 10 years. I mean, Jack Little Pill was like a, a landmark for me um, because it, it just like shoves you a lot of information and a lot of, of things to deal with that even if it's not directly connected to you, they rest in the back of your mind and they, they get you to think a lot of stuff around you and yeah. the people you're surrounding yourself with, and the reason you are keeping some people around you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Jack Little Bill is in my heart and in my mind every single day uh, since yeah. I saw it in January. Um, how how has it been your experience with Jack Little Pill? It was pretty amazing. I've been trying to, you know, so, if we're talking like timeline in some ways, you know, I, I graduated from Michigan and kind of, I've been so lucky my whole life. I've been very, very privileged and very, very fortunate that every time I put my mind to something and said, I want this, I want this role or I want, you know, I ended up becoming a national champion for speech and debate without any coach at all. <laughs> like That's insane. And, and I look back at that and I'm like, Oh my God, like how was I so, Fortunate. I just had so much, like, yeah, but I just had so much like moxie. You know what I mean? I worked hard. I didn't ever think I didn't, you know, I had just that right amount of like ego and confidence that kind of gets you to work hard without like making you an asshole, I think. Um, but when I graduated and moved to the city, 
things definitely did not happen the way I thought they were going to, you know what I mean? Um, I really love doing new work. Like that's my favorite thing. I love doing readings and workshops. Um, I think also because I write music, I love, and I've done some directing. I feel like I'm, I feel very confident about being able to like come into the room with a new project and be really smart about like how, whatever role I'm tackling, like fix it into the bigger picture and like problem solving things and like making big choices. Like I just love all of that. And I thought, I thought that like everyone else in the business would know that that about me too. And like, you know, and it was hard. Like I, I did sign with an agent when I graduated, but it wasn't a huge agency. And like, I didn't have my equity card and I had really short hair. I was, um, you know, probably like 30 pounds heavier than I am now. And it, I just didn't, no one knew what to do with me. You know what I mean? Like it was a very weird time of, of trying to kind of keep fighting to get in the room for things. And I, mean, I don't think I even got an audition for anything that was actually on Broadway for several years after I graduated, you know? Um, and even then, barely ever. Like, I've only auditioned for, like, a very, very tiny handful of Broadway shows in my in my life. Um, just because sometimes if you're not... It, it's just so hard. It's so hard to, to kind of get into rooms. It's so hard mm-hmm. to kind of break down those things. And I've been trying to be seen for Jagged Little Pill when it was a workshop before the out-of-town tryout. And my agent was kind of like, sorry, you know, I, I can't help you out and, um, or, you know, they just, they can't see you. They're seeing too many other people. And then when they were doing casting for the out of time trial, um, it was my voice teacher who was able to kind of like put in a good word for me. And that was enough to get me in the room. The casting agency said they didn't think they wanted to see me because they thought I was too clean cut for the show. And, um, which I, I sort of get, but that was interesting feedback, you know, to hear that was like, Oh, like, wow. It's just wild how you can, you see yourself one way and it's, you can never actually know how other people see you. And when you're an mm-hmm. actor, that can be a really bizarre thing. Um, cause you also do want to be true to yourself and anyway, wild. Um, but I was completely overjoyed to, to get the part. And I definitely had that moment during my final callback where I was in the hall and like checked my bank account and had just had a couple bills go out and like literally had like 63 cents in my account. Um, yeah, I was completely living paycheck to paycheck and working side jobs and, you know, just trying to keep my head above water. And, uh, yeah, uh, I was really blown away and I had actually met Lauren Patton at a concert right before then. Um, I, I did a lot of performing with Elia Heifetz, who is now my boyfriend, but was not my boyfriend at the time. And we met in a songwriting group and would just kind of decided to try to work together. And um, he did this big concert. And one of his good friends from college was dating this girl, Lauren Patton. And she sang at his concert. And my friend El- Elia, you know, he's not my friend anymore. He's more than my friend now. But he was like, oh, yeah, she's in that Jagged Little Pill show. So when I got the audition, I like got her number and she got on the phone with me and she told me all about the characters. So I had to do the coffee shop scene yeah. and the Bella scene, do the like predator ooze, the like owl stuff, and then had to also do a song of my own. And um, yeah, she talked me through kind of like what the whole story was and gave me so much more context and so much more confidence. So now we're really good friends and we, we love to 
it's kind of amazing how small the world is in some ways, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been amazing. I think Diane Paulus is amazingly, amazingly smart and intuitive and she took such good care of every single one of us. And, um, but she also knows what she wants. Like I love how she sees things and how, you know, she was always open to other things that we would bring to a scene or to a moment. Um, and then I, I just think she's so smart. Um, as we were developing the show from the out of time trial to Broadway, the cuts and the adjustments and the rewrites that happened and the restagings, like I thought all of her ideas with how to really um, make the story more cohesive were, were all like at every turn, I thought were so brilliant, you know? Every time she'd give me a note, I'd be like, oh, yes, I love that. You know what I mean? I'm like the weird actor that like loves notes. You know, now that we've been up and running for a while, I'm like, wait, 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 give me more notes. <laughs> I want new things to play with. Ugh. Please give me more notes. One more before you leave. <laughs> yeah, please. Anything? Anything? <laughs> so, it's been it's been amazing. And I, I love that a lot of us have been together since the out-of-time tryout. And um, we're definitely like a very close family. We're all very big personality human beings with a lot of heart and a lot of integrity and you know I feel very grateful that it's a group of people that are all really really real you know yeah. we're all down to earth exactly and because the whole show is about you know putting your shit into the open and working through it we all do that we hold each other accountable and we teach each other and we lift each other up and um, I've learned so much from the cast and it's, yeah, I'm very, very grateful for them. That was such a long answer to your question. I'm no, so I loved it. I loved it because you, you already answered one of the questions I had in mind, that it was what was the best thing about this show. Uh, but I can clearly see that it's been everything from the process to the, the cast to everyone behind it. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. really happy that it turned out like that. And um, Me too. I, I mean, Me too. Uh, Outs as an outsider, because I, I do not know the whole cast. Um, I've only seen all of you on stage, but that shows that family feeling and that love between all of you uh, shows on stage. And I think that is one of the most successful things about the show, because everyone is so real when mm -hmm. they're there. And of course, they're utterly real outside the, the, the theater um now that you you've talked about that the show is about gathering your stuff and putting them out there i know that this show uh, may take a toll on the performer's mental health and because you are all really vulnerable on stage um how do you all manage to do eight or nine shows per week with such strong and deep and tough story? Um, we were really lucky that the producers um, gave us some a lot of tools along the way, the whole team. Um, we had a lot of like impact trainings where we talked as a group about the topics so that we were both educated and also knew that there were resources there for us. Um, I, think, I think in the ensemble, I think we're really lucky that, you know, I spend my whole show basically with Ebony, Laurel, uh, Heather, Yana slash Nora slash Deanne slash Maya soon, you know, um, and 
and leaves. Like all of us are together. We're in a dressing room and then we're not on stage, which we often are together. Then we're downstage in this little quick change room together, you know, and, and Kelsey. And so we're all, we've gotten really close. We have a really tight bond and, and we also all have a pretty bizarre and insane sense of humor in a lot of ways. So like it's, we're fortunate that we're able to do like the heavier scenes in the show and honor those scenes and then go off stage and be like wiggly little assholes um, to blow off some steam, you know? And, and I know a lot of leads have their own tools that they use as well. Um, yeah. I think we're really lucky that we all have so much fun together, you know, that we're able to find things throughout the show. And, you know, that's the weirdest thing for me about, doing the show and being on Broadway is like, since it's my first time, I've never been in a show that ran this long. And, and it is wild how like, you know that what you're doing is incredibly powerful and you know that everyone in the audience seeing it for the first time is having an incredibly emotional experience, but it is so bizarre. And I never thought it would happen to me that like, there are days where you kind of just go to work, you know, and it doesn't mean that you don't feel it or that you don't care about it. It just, it's, there are, not every day, you know, but there are days where like your body hurts and you're tired and, you know, your partner is upset that you're never available or you're not upset. He's never upset, but you know, that it's, you're, it's hard to like find that same time to connect or whatever it is, or, you, you know, and it's, it's hard. It's a hard job. I think I've definitely started seeing um, a therapist in the last like month or so. Cause I felt like I was just getting really, really, really stressed out felt like I was just having a hard time managing the stress of all of it you know of like kind of being just doing the same thing every day is can be taxing and and as an understudy we're also in rehearsal most of the day Thursday and Friday um and I also have um a, a fairly severe injury that was causing me a lot of pain so I was having a really hard time I felt like I couldn't do the show the, the way that would make me feel really confident doing it because being that full out was hurting me. And if I kept doing it in a way that hurt me, then I wasn't going to be able to do the show at all. Mm -hmm. So um, I definitely am glad that I, that I decided to start talking to someone. I think it's so, I think therapy is amazing for everyone, no matter where you are in your life, or even if you think that you don't need it, I think it's really beneficial. And I know it was really good for, for Elia as my like best friend and partner to like, you know, to not make him the person that always had to catch whatever it was that I was, you know, experiencing every day. So it's a wild ride. Like you just kind of get in this, this bubble, you become your own universe with your cast and with the show. And, and it's both amazingly beautiful and powerful, but it, you know, it's still a, a ch very challenging environment and and job you know and um yeah it's definitely it's been interesting to navigate and it's something i'm trying to be conscious of while i have this time this kind of downtime and uh to really find some more stress relieving tools that i can take back with me the next you know when we pick back up again just to keep myself from from getting overwhelmed i think a lot of that also has to do with the material you know what i mean like yeah. I think even if you think that that saying and doing those things every night isn't taking that toll on you, it is. You know, I I had to put in for um, Bella 
a few, uh, like a month ago or so, uh, over a month ago. And I put in is where um, everyone comes together and runs the full show, or at least the, sh the scenes concerning the characters that are doing, mm -hmm. the understudies that are doing that put in. Um, and the two people playing, or whoever's on in that put in, does like full costumes, all the costume changes, does everything full out, and um, everyone else can be in street clothes, but where's mic and, you know. Um, and so, so you get sort of like a trial run of all of the stuff before you do it. And they did a put in for Ezra because they were going to be going on for Lauren a couple weeks later. Um, and so they let me do the put in as Bella as well, just to kind of multitask, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, I've been learning Bella since. Um, the out of time tryout. I've been working on the role for a long time and I haven't performed it yet, but I'd never done the whole thing in sequence with all the costumes and with all the stuff. You know, I'd never actually been inside that story from top to bottom. And I was, I was amazed by how much of an emotional toll it took. And I was like, holy shit, like they need, you know, Catherine should absolutely have a a therapist like on site you know like <laughs> um but i was really uh it really gave me a lot of perspective on like what what he also deals with and i know what elizabeth deals with and, and i think there's also something it was probably more emotional because it was just the first time doing it all yeah. you know um and i'm sure once you do it more frequently you, you know but yeah, it's definitely a heavy show, and I'm, again, it's, I think it just helps that we all have each other and lift each other up, and if someone's having a bad day, we take care of them, and I'm very grateful for that. So, how therapeutic has this show been? Because we, we, we know that since it's a heavy show, it can take a really emotional toll on the performers. Um, from your experience, how therapeutic has this been for you? I mean, I think therapeutic is an interesting word in some ways, because, like, I think, I mean, I think I associate therapy with, like, growth in a lot of ways, mm -hmm. and so I think in that sense, I think the ways in which I've grown as a performer, as a person, as an artist, like, Alanis's music has changed my songwriting and elevated that, like, tenfold. I think the way that I maneuver in a group setting, like I'm a little bit, I, I kind of like my own time. I'm, I'm a little, you know, like being, even just in a group dressing room has taught me a lot about how to cohabitate, cohabit, co, co, to be with people all the time. Um, and so in that sense, I think it's been incredibly therapeutic. And then also, it's also just so nice, I think, as a performer or an artist, it can be so stressful to feel like your work is not being validated in like the big ways that we're taught. You have to feel validated to be worthy. And so even though I know that like having a Broadway credit on my resume doesn't actually change, doesn't mean that I'm any more talented than I was before, it still certainly feels like a big weight is lifted um that like you know whatever else happens i that is always going to be true now and and that i got there and i did it and i um i made it so that's definitely huge and then just the topics of the show have taught me so much you know there's a scene 
where I play this awful white high school girl and I go and touch Frankie Healy's hair and get um, called out for it. And I remember the first day of the out of town tryout when we like read through the script and I read through that scene and all of the black people in the cast were like, you know, yes, that is so real. That happens. Like, you know, they were loving how truthful that scene was um, in terms of their own experiences. And, you know, there are hardly any black people in Utah. And I had to like take a real moment to myself and be like, holy shit. Like, I don't know that I ever knew that or that I can't say that I'd never done that in my own life. Like just because I didn't know, you know, and, and I think that's the biggest thing I've, I think I've learned from the show is that saying that you're not educated about something isn't ever an excuse for behavior that hurts someone else. And like trying to continue to be proactive about recognizing, you know, the blank spots in my own experience that, that blind me from really understanding what someone else's experience is, you know, and how can I educate myself on their experiences so that I can be a better ally or friend or coworker or human in the world. Um, yeah, so that's been, those have all been really good lessons. I love how, how you've been so open since the day I met you to this conversation about uh, vulnerability and mental health and similars inside the industry and you as an artist. Because uh, I've, I listened to your EP and I loved it. But one of the things that I actually fell in love with was that rawness and that vulnerability in the lyrics. Um, how do you feel about that? in the industry and as your profile as an artist? I feel grateful that I feel like more and more openness and vulnerability is becoming more just kind of the standard, um, I think. Um, I mean, I, I think that Jagged Little Pill and I think it shows by how much people respond to the story. I hope that it will open the door for more original musicals to get produced on a large scale that are tackling real issues in a real way. Um, not that I don't love a little escapist entertainment as much as the next person, but I do think that, I do think that people are hungry for honesty. Um, I think that, I don't, I mean, I don't know, I, I, I struggle a lot in terms of like this industry and how I'm navigating it with like the whole social media thing. I think I, I'm someone, like, nothing causes me more grief than, than the thought of me either disappointing someone or someone, like, thinking I'm a bad person or not liking me. And so I have a really hard time with social media because I go down these spirals. It's like, oh, no, if I post this, will someone think that I'm cocky or that I think I'm all that? Or, you know, will someone... It feels sometimes so bizarre to, to know that, like, the that it's a bit of an assumption sometimes on social media that everyone wants to know what you're doing and thinking all the time. And I feel guilty about that. I'm like, no, like, I don't want to assume that you want to know. And, um, but I do think that with Jagged Little Pill, like I also have felt so much love and acceptance and support from the fans that it's helped me understand that it's okay. And that like, as long as you just do it 
with honesty and vulnerability and openness that like, you know, sure, there might be someone who goes through your story and sees something and maybe because of some insecurity they have or some past experience they have with someone that maybe you remind them of, they might, they might think a judgmental thought about your Instagram story. And that's okay. <laughs> because there, there are other people who, you know, I, I'm always amazed by comments to things and responses to any video I post. It's, you know, um, yeah, it's been really encouraging, I think. And it's helped me not be so judgmental towards myself. You know, I'm, I'm absolutely my, my own worst critic. And um, I struggled for a long time with eating disorder stuff and body dysmorphia and kind of going back and forth between really, really intense OCD sort of diets or eating habits and then falling off of those when I get depressed or anxious and then being really, really cruel to myself because I'm so mad that I gained weight back or don't, you know, couldn't maintain that level of commitment to my health or whatever. And, um, and it's still a really, really hard journey, you know, even being on this kind of break from the show, like I've had to be really careful about the thoughts I'm thinking because it's so easy for me to go down a path of like, Oh, I'm not dancing eight times a week and I'm not moving the same way. And so I, I shouldn't eat, as much because I'm not moving as much and you know what if I don't fit in my costumes and I only brought a certain amount of clothes from Utah and what if my pair you know what if the two pairs of pants I brought like don't fit because I gained you know it's just like becomes this a spiral down yeah it can get really nasty up in that little head pretty quickly so um but I think a lot of people deal with that I think you know unfortunately I don't know. It's like a pro and a con of social media. I think it's so easy for people to like put a little sheen on what they're doing in a way that it makes it look incredibly desirable. And mm -hmm. then also can make you feel really bad if you're not having that same, you know, experience. But I do also think it provides a space for a lot of us to also break through that and talk about what's actually going on and realize how similar a lot of our experiences are. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've always been like probably a little too honest for my own good at times, but I'd rather be that way than than not. So, <laughs> and and being that honest, that sometimes is like a a, a double sided sword for mm -hmm. us. Uh, I actually prefer to to be a, a little raw and a little honest. A little more honest with myself um but yeah I, i do understand a lot of things that you're saying and i i i think that social media today is full of crappy people that are just reflecting their own issues on people yeah. outside um i think social media has has its pros and cons um because for example i am i i've decided like utterly decided to use social media as a networking path for me uh, and it, it's been it's been amazing that out of the blue um, I'm talking with Broadway performers or people that nowhere in the world I would have contact with but thanks to Instagram or thanks to Twitter or thanks to Facebook I've I, I could reach them and um, like 
start a friendship or start a dialogue with them and that's that has been amazing uh because yeah. i am i i'm being self-conscious of my actions through social media yeah um, yeah it's, it's wild i i think so much about folks who are younger you know like 10 years younger than me or even more who have never known anything else and i i worry so my heart hurts for them of, of like when you're too young still to actually process the, the bigger picture of things, how much those little things on social media can matter. And, you know, yeah, I, I think I feel optimistic that, you know, more and more people will use it for good and for communicating true things and, and connection and, and especially with you know this pandemic going on like we especially as a performer like I it took you know I had to make a self-tape for something last week and I had to make another video for something and I really struggle with making videos because um I, I hate pictures and videos of myself I really get so mean to myself in my head and so it can become a really dark path for me you know and I have to kind of do it until I feel like I have a performance that feels like what it would have been if I'd been in the audition room and then I have to send it without looking at it or editing it. Because if I go down the path of watching it, I get so hard on myself. And so, um, yeah. And, and so I was definitely really nervous about with all of this, how knowing that it would mean that, you know, in order to stay connected to the people, the amazing people I've met through Jagged Little Pill, it would mean a lot more posting on social media and a lot more, probably having to make tapes for things and um you know but I feel I'm coming around to it more and more and and again I think it helps that like I loved watching the Rosie O'Donnell thing last night and um just seeing all of these amazing performers and they're all just like in their houses you know in their tiny apartments or in their sweatpants and you know what I mean it was it helped to see all these amazing amazing performers all kind of in the same boat of like, okay, I guess we're doing it this way now. And like, it's not going to be perfect and we're not going to look beautiful and we're not going to sound flawless and it's okay, you know? And, um, so yeah. Now that you're talking about a self date, what are your future projects? Um, well, uh, such a good question. Um, I won't, you know, Sometimes self tapes are funny things. Like people have, you know, things audition like so, so, so far in advance and things. Sometimes it's just, it's just silly. But I have no plans to leave a little pill. That is for sure. And I, um, I am going to try and take this time to finish an album that I recorded uh, a long, a while ago. <laughs> I recorded an album with Elia that he produced um, in the fall of 2018, and we recorded all these songs that I wrote when I was doing the out of town tryout of Jagged Little Pill and I went through this really intense breakup and I was like, you know, channeling all of these really big feelings and, uh, yeah, but it's sort of a breakup album. And then Elia helped me produce it. And over the course of like the fall of working on the album, producing the album, being in the studio together for a week straight, we both were like, oh my gosh, we're crazy about each other. Oh no. <laughs> you know, because we've been working together and friends for a while and I kind of had always been like, okay, but I won't date Elliot. Like, we have, we 
our work together is too important. I won't do it. Um, Strictly professional. Yeah, exactly. And I, I found it very funny that over the course of a week of me singing all my breakup songs that uh, that was the sealed deal. But um, And then it's just sort of, I, I just need to, um, basically I need to mix and master all those songs, which is kind of like the finishing touches of finding all the levels and everything. And um, it's, I think... Part of why I haven't finished it is it becomes very daunting. It's like, okay, like once you do that, it's it's done and you can't mm-hmm. go back and change it. And the EP I recorded a couple of years, a few years ago, um, I like it and I'm really proud of it, but I, I had never recorded with anyone before and I didn't sometimes know what to ask for in terms of what I wanted or what I wanted it to sound like. And um, sometimes your taste change. Like I even think that I had other songs at the time that looking back, I wish I would have recorded instead because I just think they're stronger songs. And um, it's a hard, I think that's the hardest thing as a, as a musician is that you do something and then it's kind of out there and it's not really yours anymore. And um, yeah, but that will, I'm going to finish it. I am, this is this time. This is a great time for that. Um, I'm going to do a few more like live concerts. I think I have one on April 4th for a little theater company in upstate New York that I did a show at once before. Um, and I'm also going to work on a musical that I got commissioned to write. Um, that is kind of going to be like a, I don't know if you know anything about the show, the lion. No, unfortunately, no. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful one-man show that this guy, Benjamin, Benjamin Scheuer, wrote about his childhood, his experience with his father and his own diagnosis. Um, he was diagnosed with cancer and had to fight that. And um, But the live show was really amazing. He played all these different guitars, and it was kind of this storytelling experience. Um, so I'm going to start from a structure more like that. You know, I'm not really... I don't quite feel ready to write something with like pounds people and, you know, tap breaks, you know, um, <laughs> and big, big production numbers. Yeah. Not, no, no, not, not quite yet, but I think it'll be something where I kind of play different characters. Um, probably mostly about kind of my own journey. Um, I had an experience when I was a child, uh, like a, um, a sexual assault incident that I had never actually thought had any real lasting effect on me, you know? I, as I kept growing up, I was, I was like, oh yeah, that thing happened, but like, it's, I don't feel affected by it, I'm not triggered by it, I don't think about it, I'm fine, I'm totally fine, totally fine, totally fine. And I think in the process of doing Jag Little Pill and talking about trauma and how we can bury trauma and, and ignore trauma, I started to really think more about like, okay, well, but what about maybe I don't feel triggered by that experience, but how can I trace back so many other painful things in my life to, to that or to how that changed me. And so I think it's mostly going to be about, about that and trying to explore what that means. Like kind of asking that question of does one experience define you and everything that you do after that. And is, does that have to be a bad thing? You know, um, but I have no idea really what it's going to be yet. I just have a handful of songs that I think um, fit into that kind of exploration. And 
I'm excited to take this time to keep fleshing that out. Well, I will be waiting for your album and that musical. I am really excited yeah. about that. I've listened to your live concerts through Instagram, and I, I, I mean, you're an amazing singer, an amazing um, songwriter, and I am Thank really you. excited for everything that's coming up for you. Um, Thank you. Would you like to sing? A song from your album or or your EP or any song you're sure. down? Sure. Let me go grab my guitar. Yeah. Be right back. Oh, that was fast. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't too far away. For a second, I was worried it was farther, but all good. All right. <laughs> Because you're an amazing guitarist too, so you're a full, good triple threat. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean I, I know I, I always get a kick out of people in the at the stage who are compliment me on my dancing because I'm really a dancer last, like <laughs> a singing actor, instrumentalist who can move, uh, with good character intention or something. I don't know. I think I'm only convincing and jagged because I've known the dance moves now for long enough that it almost looks like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, I started playing guitar when I was like 15 just because I wanted to accompany myself. And I feel grateful that two of my closest friends in high school were like these very like indie, cool girls who like didn't really know anything about musical theater. They like didn't really care that I did musicals. They were like, okay, but they'd like drive around and like smoke American spirits and listen to indie music and like go thrift store shopping. And I was like so nerdy and always trying to be as like, as like cool as them. And so I think I started listening to more music where people were playing acoustic guitar and all these ways that really excited me. So I wanted to uh, learn. Blue's song that's going to be on the upcoming album. Where, um, I also might not release all of it. I might kind of the new trend in music. I feel is to release like multiple singles, and then maybe you repackage them. I don't know. Calling it an album is maybe, maybe I don't know. Uh, but this is a song I'm going to release. Um, it's called "The Best Dance." It's definitely one of the most like honest songs I think I've written that I really like. Say things out 
sinks when I hear myself, but I don't want to let it be. Cause I hate when my shortcomings the best of me. I confess, try to shape myself based on what I think will impress. Doesn't everyone try to just be free? But my insecurities get the best of me. Do you think you know me well enough to say you love me? Cause I'm feeling kind of crazy. I like to be called baby. How That was beautiful. Thank you. That was amazing. I loved it. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that song with us. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That one will definitely come out. I really, I, that's one of those songs that I, I feel very proud. Like stamp my name on. I wrote that, said those things, made those rhymes. Yes. (laughs) That one will come out for sure. (laughs) Uh, I loved it. Thank you so much. It's an yeah. amazing song. It has amazing lyrics, and you should be proud of, of that work. Thank you. Thank you. Before we go, I have two last questions. The first yes. one is, which are your top favorite musical theater shows? I always ask this question. So. Yeah, yeah. I love Cabaret. Um, I want to be Sally Bowles someday so badly. Um, and I just think it's an extraordinary piece of theater. I think it's like, it does everything. You know what I mean? It's got amazing characters. It like pushes the boundaries in terms of like it's social commentary. Um, I, I just really love it. Um, I love Sun in the Park with George and Into the Woods and in terms of Sondheim shows. So good. Um, and then I also love, um, Elia is writing this new musical called The Death of Desert Rose. And he's still working on the final drafts and everything. But from what I've heard in the songs, um, 
I know it's going to be one of my one of my favorites. So that's that's up there. Um, yeah, I loved the dance visit when I saw that when it was on Broadway. That really blew me away. Um, yeah. Cool. I will be expecting the death of Desert Roads. Definitely. Oh yeah. Definitely. Country Western about Lady Bounty Hunter. Cool. Yeah. That sounds that, that, that sounds good. Yeah. And my final question is do you have a recommendation of a book, a movie, a show, a series you really love that you've recently seen or read? Yeah. Um, for the audience? Um I recently read this really great book called I think it's called Normal People. I think. I'd have to look up the writer. Hold on. I can do it really quick. Um, but that was amazing. I also read this really um, other great book called Inland. Let's see. Yes. Inland by Taya Obrit. I loved. And Normal People book. Normal People by Sally Rooney. Oh, it was just like this beautiful, fast read, characters that you loved. Like, it was great. I really loved it. Um, TV shows. I mean, there's so much that's so good. I'm definitely a Drag Race fan. I'm, I haven't watched the latest episode, though. Um, but that's always some good, feel-good TV. Um, my family and I were, like, following along with Westworld, which I think is such a great show. Oh, and we love Schitt's Creek. Schitt's Creek is so delightful. Well, Jane, thank you for being with me. Thank you for being here on the podcast. It's been an amazing chat. I loved it. I love you. I admire you a lot. Um, I love you right back at you. I thank you. <laughs> um, it's been amazing. So thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you. So yeah. We'll, I'll, I hope I'll see you soon back in New York. Yes, yes, yes. Hopefully very soon. Yeah. Once we all, everyone needs to social distance <laughs> and wash their hands so that Broadway can reopen really soon. Soon, yes. So stay inside and don't mess around so we can all entertain you again very soon. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Jane. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.